0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. morning Thank you yes, so much oh. for waking up so <laughs> early to be with us this morning.
1: It's a pleasure to be on your show.
0: You know, um, very seldom do we have a guest on our show who does not need an introduction. And I think (laughs) the mind of Mr. Mwile Zimbeki is definitely one, and the voice of Mr. Mwile Zimbeki is one that in the political discourse of our country, a very important one uh, with a lot of in-depth knowledge. And this morning, I am extremely delighted to be able to chat with you. And what... A morning. We we have this show on Thursdays because it gives us the chance to see what is happening in the in the in the political realm of our country all week. And then it, it's just just before the weekend so we can download everything. And when we go into the weekend, hopefully we can forget. <laughs> and wow. what a week it has been. What a week it has been that is starting on Monday outside the Peter Maritzburg Magistrates Court. With a a newly free Mr. Jacob Zuma Who for the first time in a long time What I saw is a very jovial Jacob Zuma Once again on stage singing and dancing Feeling quite elated and happy with himself Just coming out of the magistrate's court With a private prosecution case that he's got Against Karen Mourne, the journalist And Mr. Billy Downer uh, the advocate, what do you make of what we are watching with this case?
1: Well, I I haven't really been uh, following very closely what, what's going on, and and there seems to be a lot of um, technical arguments by the lawyers as to uh, Billy Downer's role in in this long long saga. Um, so I'm afraid I'm not the expert to explain to you uh, the technicalities of the legal uh, arguments uh, that 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 are being made. Uh, I think it's interesting, of course, that, uh, that somebody who is accused is accusing the accuser <laughs> because Billy Downer Billy Downer is the accuser as as the prosecutor in the. Uh, in the arms deal case uh, against former president Zuma, so uh, it's uh, it's a lot of drama. If I if I were Shakespeare, I would be preparing to write a play about it. It's
0: <laughs> I'm happy not to talk about the the intricacies of the case itself, but more importantly about the meaning of what is unfolding. And what it, what, what implications it has for not just the case, but for the party, the ANC having this long and protracted battle playing out in the public sphere and leading up into the December, um, elective conference. What does this mean in your opinion for South Africa and for the ANC? Watching this unfold.
1: Well, th- this is one part of uh, of the unfolding saga of the arms deal that uh, that that was the uh, arms procurement that the ANC government started in the late nineteen nineties, early two thousand. Uh, this uh, procurement has been fraught with all sorts of controversies um uh, accusations about corruption about backhanders about um uh, about inappropriate ways of 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 the government procuring services goods and goods and services so this has been this has been uh, an ongoing story for many years we we had Accusations by Patricia DeLille, who interestingly is now part of the same ANC government <laughs> that she was accusing. Uh, you, you, you had another man who is now living in England. I'm trying to remember his name now. Who even wrote a book about uh, about this arms deal? Uh, so the, the 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 question of military procurements by this uh, by the ANC government had has been very very fraught Uh, and this is only one part of uh, of of the controversies around it of course there was shabir sheikh who uh, was also implicated and was sentenced and then paroled
0: also made so yeah it's
1: a big story it is a big story yeah
0: it is a big story and you know You remind us that actually this there are so many cases ongoing with Jacob Zuma and all of them in varying stages of unfolding in court. And for many South Africans, Jacob Zuma is looming large in the minds of South Africans as the beginning of all the problems we have today. But you're, you're telling us that this problem is actually much longer and we have no, forgotten about it?
1: Yeah, well, I'm one of those people who don't be, believe in, uh, in angels and and demons. So I don't think Jacob Zuma is either an angel or a demon. Uh, our problems in South Africa, we have huge systemic problems. Some as old as four hundred years. Uh, so no, I don't. I'm not one of those who think that South Africa's problems are caused by Jacob's. Of course, there are those who think they are, but I'm not one of them.
0: And where do we find How do we resolve these problems going into the future? Because you know we're not going to be able to unravel what's happened in the past. In your view, how going into the future can we change? The outcomes of what our future looks like.
1: Well, first we have to to come up with a list of priorities of what is the uh, what are the problems that we are trying to solve, and what is the list of priorities uh, in which we're going to solve those problems. Every country has a myriad of problems, uh, but you have to decide which is. The most important problem that you're going to start with, uh, which is the second, which is the third. And then you put your resources and all your strengths to solving those three, those three problems. <clears throat> so to me, that's one of the challenges we face within South Africa is we, we, we think we have all the problems under the sun and we are going to solve them all in one day. Uh, and uh, and of course we don't solve any because if you don't prioritize uh, you you will never be able to solve any of of the problems. So we have to uh, try and get to a consensus as to what is the priority problem that we must focus on, and then what are the tools that we have that uh, that will help us to solve that prior that problem. Who has the tools, uh, and then persuade whoever has the tools to focus on on using those tools to solve uh, the priority problem. So with that's your, how I would approach our problem
0: with your your experience and your your views, and having had the time to to kind of decipher all of. The, if you were to say the top three problems that South Africa and South Africans should be spending all of their best brain power and resource in trying to solve. What would those be?
1: Well, the, the one of our biggest problems, which we never talk about, is that 27% of our children under the age of five are stunted which means they have been malnourished from when they were still in the womb of their mother. And their brains are not growing in the way in which they should grow. Their bodies are not growing in the way in which they should grow, which means that when they become adults, their intellectual power is below average. So for me, that is a primary problem of South Africa. Why do we have this situation? And how do we tackle it so that every child born in South Africa has the same brain capability as any other child born anywhere in the world? Mm -hmm. That to me is is the priority. People think it's electricity, of course, you may have your uh, priorities that, you know, s is one and road accidents, crime, uh, etc. cetera, fine. But for me, the fact that a quarter of the children in South Africa are under five are stunted means that when they grow up into adults, we have a quarter of our adult population that does not have the brain power to be able to look after itself Properly and to be able to build the country. And that is what we have to address so that the the, the, the situation doesn't continue.
0: Do you think we have the tools to do that?
1: Oh, we have all the tools, but we don't have the will. Uh, we have all the tools. After all, uh, it, it, at the bottom of it, it's a nutrition problem. Why is the mother, when she's pregnant, why is she not eating a balanced diet. That is where the thing is starting. And then the child, after she's, she or he is born, is not having a proper meal and so on, so that then they don't grow properly, they don't achieve the average height, they don't achieve the average brain power.
0: So uh, what I what I hear you say when you say we don't have the will is that we have a vacuum in the people that are supposed to be making the right decisions in how in the will it then is about a leadership problem. Do you think we have a leadership problem in this country?
1: I don't think it's a leadership problem. I, I, I think they don't care. They I, don't I care. Think they, don't, they don't care. No, they don't think having a, a quarter of our children stunted, They don't think it matters. They don't. They don't care. It's not a leadership problem. It's just they don't care about it. It's not their children.
0: And how can we fix that? If they don't care, how do we fix that?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, 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 are, there are many ways. Of, of first, who is it? Who has to care about our children, a quarter of our children being stunted. It's somebody who thinks the country has to have a, a future, who thinks the population of South Africa has to have a future. If you don't care about the future of the people of South Africa, then obviously you, you, you don't care about it. Mm. Because if they don't have a future... because they they don't have the the same brain development that the Americans have or the Chinese or the Zimbabweans, then you don't care. And so the question is, who should care? Who do we as a society think should care? So
0: I think, you know, definitely when you, Bring that issue of um, stunted children. It's definitely not something I have thought about when I think of all of the things that are problems in South Africa, and it's definitely a an interesting perspective on where our problems stem. And I wonder then if the leader, the leadership, or who should care? The answer to the who should care and see about the future of South Africa. If this is not rooted in a past that we have not really addressed and redressed, do you think that one of the things that have brought us to this place where people don't care, where the individuals who should be making the decisions about caring don't make those decisions, do you think they were affected by stunting in their childhood? Are we here because decisions were made by a previous government and the adults we have today are also stunted?
1: Well well I, I I wouldn't put I wouldn't say so. What what I would say is that if if we look at South Africa uh over the last let's say let's start with the discovery of the diamonds in, in eighteen sixty seven. Uh, the people who have ruled South Africa, what they have cared about is getting the minerals out of the ground at whatever cost to the lives of the people who did these minerals out of out of the ground. That's what has been happening in South Africa. Now, 1867 is a long time ago. It's it's a century and and a half. So, so when the people who control the country, their priority is to get the minerals out of the grounds, they don't care about the children of the workers who are getting the minerals out of the ground. What have, where are their children? They never ask themselves. When Cecil Rhodes was digging diamonds in Kimberley and making the big hole in Kimberley, do you think he ever asked them, asked himself, where are the, the wives and the children of these uh, workers who are digging, of these people who are digging uh, the diamonds? Where are the people, where are the wives, and where are the, the children of the people who are digging the gold in springs in, in, in Randfontein? You know, we talk about, for example, the Zamas. Has anybody asked themselves, who are these people? Why are they doing what they are doing? Where are their families? You Nobody. Know, all we are saying is bring out the army, kill them, shoot them, kill them.
0: You know, I, I love that about Cecil John Rhodes, because I would never have presumed to think that Cecil John Rhodes would ask himself that about people who are not like him. But we have a government today that looks like us that presumably comes from the same experiences that we come from, and they don't think that, they don't care either. And this, for me, says that we now have a government that looks like us, that pre- that, that presents itself to be a government that cares about the people of South Africa. In fact, their favorite thing, that they say, almost every one of the leaders you hear them say, that our people, this and that, and yet their behavior does not match that talk. Is it perhaps time for us to change this government? What do you think about that?
1: Well, it's very clear to me that uh, this government doesn't care. They collect the statistics, by the way, I didn't the statistics of the standard children doesn't come from me, it comes from the South African government. So they know that that's what is happening in the country. But they don't care about it. Or if they 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 choose not to do anything about it, because it continues. And mm-hmm. and then, and then you, you can move on and, and look at this. Uh, one day I was, I was driving in the Drakensberg somewhere and I was, it was early in the morning and there were the children of the farm workers who were walking for miles or kilometers out in the Drakensberg in the cold going to some farm school. Where are the school buses? It shows we have a government that doesn't care about these children. Maybe half of those children are themselves stunted. But nobody cares. They don't care. So now, what do we do about... Okay, you're suggesting we we vote them out. Well, maybe that's what we should do. Mm. But then we have to have somebody who will care because it's no use replacing. Remember, we had a government before, 1994, that didn't care. And we had... And we have the government for 30 years that also doesn't care, so now, what kind of a government do we need that will care? I think we we can't keep voting for somebody who says, "Oh, I'll solve your problems." And, and then 30 years later, the problem is not solved. and then the we problem has have, become worse: The problem has become worse then we say, oh, let's look for another messiah who's going to save us. Mm. Um, Also, we have to think deeper ourselves as citizens about how do we solve the problem. As I say, we have to identify, that's only, for me, I think that is a priority problem for South Africa that we have a quarter of our children stunted. But maybe for somebody else, they think it's a, they have a different perspective.
0: Dr. Mbeke, so you say we're not going to have a messiah that's going to come and save us from ourselves as South Africans. But we really only have what we have in front of us. And the conversation that's been happening over the past couple of, of weeks uh, for a lot of the opposition parties has been that maybe they need to band together to to create an opportunity to throw out a government that hasn't cared for us for the past 30 years. Do you believe that the answer lies in coalitions?
1: Well, it's the only answer we have because we have one giant party in South Africa, which is the ANC, which has the last election, the last national election. The ANC had 57% of the votes uh, and then we have a myriad of parties i don't know i think there's 13 of them uh, in parliament who between themselves have the balance have the, the the 43% of of the vote so if they want if they have a, a better solution for south africa's problems than the anc has that, then let 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 them get together because they Individually, they can't defeat the ANC. It's very clear. They don't have the numbers. So, and we're a democracy, and I'm afraid democracy operates with numbers. <laughs> so then they have they have to get together and form a coalition and then uh, come tell the voter what is their solution to the problem of stunting of, of our children in this country.
0: So... You know, one of the things that South Africa is very good at is looking at our past and kind of reading today based on the pain of the past. And on the one side, the racial divisions of South Africa are with us every day. And the one thing that a lot of people look at is they say the ANC is the Black Party. And because I'm Black, I'm going to vote in this direction. The DA is the White Party. And... I cannot vote for a white party and, and every kind of iteration in between is it may be that South Africans as a whole, we are stunted from the past and are failing to see the opportunity that lies ahead of us.
1: I think, you know, I think we as a as a as a nation, obviously, there's a we lost a lot of education time, if I can put it that way. During the, the the I don't know the hundred years of apartheid, uh, we lost a, a, a lot of we got detached, closed off from the world, so 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 that we 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 were not moving forward with the rest of the world. For example, if you look at the uh, let me give the issue of women's liberation. I went to exile in the United Kingdom. I was there from 1965. And one of the hottest movements at that time was the women's liberation movement. But South Africa was closed. When I got there, I was coming from South Africa. But I get there and there is this movement which I knew nothing about. And all the discussions and the debates and what have you that were going on at the time. South Africa was not part of that of that discussion. Mm. So so we, that is one of the things we have to try, we have to realize is we have to make up for lost time, which we lost during the time when South Africa was closed. South Africa was closed by the National Party regime uh, from the mid-1950s onwards. They started banning books, they started doing also so so, so as you say, you say the ANC is a black party and the DA is a white party. <laughs> that is a reflection of how little we understand our own society.
0: Mm. Can, the, can the, the ANC...
1: The ANC is not a black party. The well, DA is not a white party. Okay. but uh,
0: So the reason why it seems that way from the outside is because when we look at the lists for instance, coming out of the various people that are possibly going to be the new leadership of the ANC coming out of December, it is not a reflection of a uh, multi-racial, diverse party. Is there leadership within the ANC that can reflect a diverse South Africa so that we don't think of them as a black party? And I ask you about the ANC and not the DA because I know you have, you, you have closer ties with the ANC.
1: No, 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 I study all parties in South Africa.
0: Okay, so then no. let's talk about the DA too, who over the past couple of years have had many utterances and have lost lots of the individuals who were the representation of their multi-party and diversity. So what you end up seeing is you end up seeing these faces that are very skewed towards one race.
1: You see, that's the the point, is that what we see and and what the broader reality is, we, we have to dig deeper so that we get a deeper understanding. If we, and I agree with you, many people think, many Africans, let me put it that way, think the DA is a white party. But actually the DA, in the last general election, if I'm not mistaken, got 22% of the vote, right? Now, if the DA were a white party, the white population of South Africa is only 8% of the population of South Africa. So how do you get 22% of the vote from only 8% of, of the population? It shows that actually we are not digging deeper to understand who is voting for the DA. And just a closer look will tell you that the biggest single vote of the DA is the colored voters, it's not the whites. It's the Colors. So then you have to ask yourself, why are the Colors voting for the DA? Another big group, of course, are the Whites, but the Whites are split between the African-speaking and the English-speaking. And we saw the African-speaking leaving the DA, going to FF+. Plus. So although the, the Whites population is eight percent. You it's already split itself between two parties at least. And of course I'm sure there are other whites in other parties, Action SA has white members and what have you. And so does the ANC. So so you can see is that what we should be doing in South Africa is we should spend time to to try and understand. To say the DA is a white party when actually the biggest voter for the day is the colored population. Mm. It means we are not understanding our country and we are not understanding our problem.
0: Do you think there is still space within the ruling party for a person like a Joe Slovo? Uh,
1: Well, you see... what. What the ANC did, uh, I think it was 2003, it passed a law called Black Economic Empowerment Act. Now, the, before 2003, the ANC was actually a multiracial party, as you were saying, that your Joe Slovo's were there, and your Yusuf Dadus and whatever. But somebody sold the ANC the message or it sold itself the message that, oh, now now that we are in power, we must be a black party. But when they were fighting against apartheid, the ANC was an alliance of everybody in South Africa. Ruth First was killed by the regime. She was white. She was a member of the ANC and she had been fighting with the ANC for all these years. Suddenly the ANC has a program of black economic empowerment. I was shocked because I grew up in an ANC that was a multiracial ANC. and At my home he, he, in the Eastern Cape, one, one of the first photographs I remember on the wall was of Mahatma Gandhi who was Indian, who was a freedom fighter in South Africa before he became a freedom fighter in India. So, and we had all, so why did the ANC in 2003 suddenly decide that it is going to have a policy that favours blacks only? That is the question we then have to, we have to ask ourselves. But of course, if if the ANC's is going to favor blacks only, and I am white or colored or Indian, then you are telling me it's not a party for me. But the standard children that I'm talking about, the great majority of them are African black children. So the ANC is not favoring. It's, it's It's wrong to think it favors black people. It is favoring the black middle class because... They are the ones who are benefiting from BE. So, again, as I was pointing out with the DA, one has to dig deeper to start to understand that what exactly is going on here. And we South Africans, we, we lose patience. We lose patience with these studies because we think, oh, so many studies. What,
0: what do you mean by that, that we lose patience with them?
1: Well, well, I suppose we have all these commissions of inquiries that, who are investigating this, that, and the other, and then nothing changes. So so then the people get dis- 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 discouraged. Mm. But, but actually, we shouldn't get discouraged. We should study what the Zondo Commission says. Uh, okay, it takes a lot of time to do so, and then get to understand what's going on in the in the country. We, we should study what the researchers at our universities are, are producing, explaining what our problems are so that we get a clearer understanding.
0: And in your view, as an ordinary South African, what is it that I can do to change the situation that we are in? there must be you know there there are big things that we can do and voting is one of them and there are little things that we can do on a on a day-to-day basis in our own lives what is it that more south africans should be doing more of that can change the situation
1: well well the, the first thing that we should be doing is we should be voting what we are seeing today in south africa is that the majority of south africans over the age of 18 are not voting. Mm. So that is what, one of the things that we should be doing is we should be voting. Mm. Secondly, we should be participating in the politics of the country, whether through the media or through whatever channel is, opening, is open to us, we need to participate. Instead of saying, I don't want to hear anything about politics, Uh, I'm sick and tired of politicians. But the politicians shape the future of the country. Mm. So, So there are lots of things. If you are a student, well, I mean, the key, one of the most important groups in any society, but especially in South African society, are the students, especially the high school students. Mm. What is it that changed South Africa's direction in the 1970s? There were two groups that changed South Africa's direction. One were the strikes by the workers in the textile and so on industries in Durban in the, in the late 70s. And the other one was the uprising by the students rejecting Afrikaans by the high school students. Okay, they got joined by university students, but the high school students were the ones. So you can see that our young population, especially the high school students, we have to encourage them to, to have, for example, societies, economic society, political societies, whatever societies, uh, but they have to participate in the in shaping the future of the country.
0: Mm, you know, I mean, you talk about how South Africans get frustrated and how easily we get distracted. I think a, a lot of it is also pain for south africans because it, it it is a painful experience to have waited this long to be included it is a painful experience to have waited this long to have a government that looks like you and then find that they don't care and i i'd like to know you many sacrifices were made to get us here and you and your family in in no small part you especially did not get to see your father for many many years i i think 30 years or so, that you did not get to see your father. That is the sacrifice that was made by your family. How do you feel when you see where we are as a country after all that sacrifice?
1: Well, well I think we should sacrifice some, some more to, to get to where we want to go to. You said the, the, the world's... The first thing we have to realize is that South Africa is our country. A thousand years from now, it will still be our country. So we have to stop thinking that South Africa is somebody else's country. It's our country, us, the South African citizens. So if we're unhappy about how things are going, we have to change them ourselves. So yes, I, 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 I'm shocked by the way first the ANC accepted the policy of black economic empowerment because that's not what we were fighting for. We were fighting for equality amongst all races in South Africa. So then I suddenly see they are passing a law. I'm not in parliament. They were passing a law uh, called Black Economic Empowerment Act now, the ANC has never... That's why they, we had a fight within the ANC with with the Africanists who were, who broke away to, to form the PAC. It's because the PAC wanted a purely African party, but the rest of us who were in the ANC said, no, South Africa belongs to all who live in it, and so the ANC has to also uh, have the same. So... So, but I'm not discouraged. We 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 have to keep fighting, you you know, until we get the South Africa that that we want. The ANC is not the end of history. In a way, we 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 mistake ourselves and we think that the the ANC is the be all and the end all. Well, it isn't. Uh, Tomorrow there will be another another party or other parties. There are already other parties. And there are new parties being formed. I saw the other day Musumaymani. He thought he was going to stand as an individual. Now he's forming a party. So, so we have a, a, a long road to travel until we get South Africa to where we want it to be, we, the citizens of South Africa. So we, sh- we shouldn't get despondent. We have to keep going.
0: So there is a long Road ahead of us, and we have to be able to see ourselves in a future without an ANC going forward, because they have shown oh, us they absolutely. don't care.
1: Absolutely, you know, I I lived in Zambia. I I worked for the Common Market for Eastern and South Southern Africa for a year in the mid eighties. Uh, their head offices in Zambia at the time, the ruling party in Zambia were, were, was. Uh, Called the United National Independence Party, UNIP, which had been in power since independence in 1964. UNIP today is nowhere, it's gone. That was President Kaunda's party. Mm. But when I lived in Zambia, everything was UNIP. In the same way that today everything is A and C. Mm. You need today, I don't know the last I had they had one member of parliament <laughs> who was late, late president I think they don't Spahn.
0: have any, they don't have any representation anymore,
1: yeah, I don't think so either so so but this was the Liberation Party for Zambia when I first went to Zambia, I first went to Zambia in nineteen sixty five in fact i I couldn't buy a bus ticket. this was one of the interesting stories about our lives in exile. So (laughs) I had to take a bus from a town called Broken Hill to to Dar es Salaam. So the bus, uh, we had to get into the bus at two in the morning. And so I went to buy a bus ticket, and there were these two youth league members of Unit. Uh, who asked, who told me I, I have to show them my party membership. So I, I, oh, of you leave. So, so I said, look, I'm a South African. I'm not a Zambian. So, so, so they told me, is this a South African bus? So I said, no, it's a Zambian bus. <laughs> so they said, to get to the Zambian bus, you have to join the party. <laughs> huh. So, so to, to, before I could buy the ticket, I had to join UNIP, so I became a member of Unip, so my party UNIP is now disappeared. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and your other party is going the same way.
1: The- yes I had, I had allowed to join another party by the way. when I got to to the Tanzania side of the board, Yo. uh, you had to change buses So when I got to the Tanzania, there were another bunch of youth leagues. This time for Nyerere's party. Wow. Uh, and they reminded me that to, back, to get my bus ticket, I had to first join the party. So I joined that party. It's still there, but I, I, I the the, the second party in Tanzania, but, but I'm not sure quite how democratic Tanzania is. But okay. anyway, Zambia, my first, my party in Zambia is gone, all gone.
0: Well, that is a fascinating story of of traveling across the continent, which raises in my mind as we watch more and more South African politicians fall into this uh, anti-African spiel that is taking up a root in this country. What do you make of that and how do you feel when you hear ANC leaders in senior positions have this huge anti-African stance and the blaming of other nationals on the problems that they have created
1: I'm shocked really I find it shocking and I disagree with them if we take the the challenge of Zimbabwe we have a, 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 Z, Mugabe destroyed the economy of Zimbabwe. Zanu PF and Mugabe they destroyed the economy of Zimbabwe. Once the opposition, once the people of Zimbabwe started supporting the opposition party, which was the Movement for Democratic Change, so they brought out the army. They did and they uh, disenfranchised uh, farm workers in particular. Uh, by occupying the farms and evicting the farm workers because the farm workers in Zimbabwe were voting for the opposition party because many of them were members of the trade union, which had set up the opposition party. We, the South African government, instead of criticizing ZANU for doing this, we, we, we gave all sorts of excuses for, for, for them. The consequence is that the poor people in Zimbabwe who were being victimized by ZANU had to run to the neighboring countries, especially to Botswana and, and and South Africa. Now, the South African government is deporting them back to Zimbabwe, but the Zimbabwe economy has collapsed. So now, what is this all about? They helped ZANU-PF destroy the economy of Zimbabwe which forced these poor people to have to run to South Africa, but they should have st- oh stopped Zuma from destroying the economy. They should have because we knew what would happen. They should have said, "No, you can't destroy your country's economy because then you are creating a problem for our economy." Instead, they turned a blind eye to the and said, "Oh, former government of national unity, do this, that, and the other." You know the story of uh, what was called uh, quiet, quiet diplomacy. diplomacy. Uh, yes, quiet diplomacy. Now, Minister Mswaledi is going to deport all these people to Zimbabwe. But the, what are they going to do when they get to Zimbabwe? The, the economy of Zimbabwe has been destroyed. Mm. So, so, but because of operation of this crazy, you know, what this young guy operation to do. Oh, Mutsualedi thinks, oh, he will take my vote, so I must deport somebody. So I must deport the Zimbabweans. Mm, mm, mm. So so, so that Operation Dudula doesn't form its own party against the ANC uh, or take our vote and, and give it to Action SA, you know, Action SA, its leader is very hot against the African so called illegal immigrants, so etc. So so now the ANC we were in exile with the ANC and the PAC in these other African countries. There were rules about it. We we followed rules. There there were refugee conventions. There are all sorts of rules. But we don't implement those rules in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Then you ask them, they won't tell you why they don't implement you see, So that's why, you know, we have in a government that doesn't care about the welfare of the people of South Africa. And that's what's at the bottom of the problem. It doesn't care. The fact that we have stunted children <clears throat> and they are the ones who f- have the first information because they collect the information, but they still don't care.
0: Mm. And what what does the other side look like in your view when, When you look at all the experiences that you've had Not just on the African continent but also in Europe What do we need in place in South Africa For us to be able to move forward effectively To the country that we were all hoping we would have 30 years in what, what does that take? What are the things that we need to be cognizant of and what are the questions we need to be asking as we, we put our vote next to a political party?
1: Well, what, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is are our, uh, our political party the right tool to achieve the South Africa that we want? Now, For nearly 100 years, South Africans, or at least black South Africans, um, thought the ANC was the right tool. I thought the ANC was the right tool. My family thought the ANC was the right tool. Thousands of millions of South African families of all races thought the ANC was the right tool. Then it's starts being a, a black party or promoting black advantage. And then when I look closer, I find that who are the beneficiaries of this so-called black advancement policies? It's the politicians. It's not black people. It's the, it's the politicians in the ANC. So you can see that, oh, this was a tool for our liberation, but now it has changed into... Uh, a, tool, a tool against the welfare of the people of South Africa. So I'm afraid you you have to then look for another tool that 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 will do the, this better. And, and that's just the way history works. And we have to keep looking, and we have to keep working to to develop new tools ourselves. We we are not passive. We are part of the process.
0: We are not so passive. We, have, we are part of the process.
1: Yes. So we have to be active to build the tools that we want. I mean, your media, for example, is part of the tools for changing South Africa. So it's important that more and more people listen to it and participate in in this program. Because the SABC, which is another important tool which is even bigger than Cliff Central but is controlled by the ANC and it will stop you from from from, from, spe- <laughs> from, from criticizing the <laughs> ANC government so, so we, we have to come to Cliff Central you know so we have to use all the tools that are available uh, to, to bring about the change and uh, my plea with South Africans, especially young South Africans, is not to be despondent. It's a long road. South Africa is better today than it was in 1994. So, they you know, there was no Cliff Central in 1994. In 1990, uh, the, the, the apartheid regime controlled all radio stations. I think, if I remember correctly, we had... It controls all TV stations, all radio stations. Today, the last figure I saw, we have over 120 radio stations. Some are community, some are commercial, some are state-owned, some are all sorts of things. So so there has been an improvement. But let's keep building until we get what, what, what we want, what we, we're relatively happy about. Let's keep
0: fighting also. Mm, let's keep fighting. I I love that because this is one of the things that I'm often going on about is that we, we, we have the power um, as the citizens, as each individual person, we have the power. And our power doesn't just stop at the ballot box. Our power also... Uh, sits in the place where we become active, where we become part of the the people that become the leadership. If you care about this country, you have to stand up, you have to put your hand up, you have to be in, you know, the people that are all that start radio stations and start conversations, the people that start political parties, whether we agree with them or not, all of those people are saying, I'm not going to stand by and let my country kind of fall by the wayside or become something that I don't recognize or cannot leave for my children. So thank you very much for for that thought. And definitely a lot to think about, especially with the issue of stunted growth, uh, especially with the issue of childhood nutrition. I think it is definitely something that a lot of people don't consider as a problem, as the foundation of bigger problems in the future. So thank you for coming on and and having a a very honest conversation with us about that. I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you for coming on. And thank you for everybody that came on today, everybody that came on to listen, all of your comments. We could see your comments. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing uh, all that you had to share with us. And I hope that going into the rest of the day, We have given you lots of things to think about, lots of things to talk about at the cooler at the office and lots of things that you can think about doing for the country that we are. Thank you for joining me this morning. We will see you next week. Thank you, Tatumwilezi. Thank you, Itateng, for coming on. Fabulous show. Thank you very much, Simpiwe, for not killing me with the aircon today. Have a good day.